It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Pistons, your daily Detroit Pistons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Seconds left, he's got the ball, he should have it. Isaiah hangs out of the ball, flips it up to the Raptors. Detroit is the city of champions again. Detroit Basketball! What is happening? Welcome to the Lockdown Pistons Podcast, your episode for Friday, August the 14th, and the playoffs are here. Fun night of basketball on TV tonight, really throughout Thursday night, really all told. This is your boy Matt Shook, the host of the Lockdown Pistons Podcast, a sports writer here in Detroit City, covering sports gambling for PlayMichigan.com, a Pistons fan and follower my whole life and a sports newspaper reporter for over a decade as well. Thanks for sticking with us during the pandemic. Nights like Thursday night are why we kind of stay with NBA basketball and stay with things like the Locked On Pistons podcast throughout these uh, tough and kind of boring few months that we've all been through here. But today we're going to react to a fun night and fun day of NBA basketball on Thursday. We're going to look ahead to the playoffs and the weekend here as well. And we're also going to uh, we got a little bit of qualms and some. Uh, we're going to talk about some series that we're excited about going forward with the playoffs starting in a matter of days and also some X factors with the playoffs as well. But give me a follow on Twitter at Matt underscore Shook, S-C-H-O-C-H, another underscore for that. Also the Locked on Pistons Twitter account and check us out on Facebook at Locked on Pistons dash Matt Shook. But I guess this would be the third straight week that we're having Fridays with Brian where on Thursday night, we have kind of a free-flowing conversation. We threw a couple of bullet points out there to each other as far as uh, discussions that we're going to have, but it's nice to have this little end of the week. I know everyone's thinking about the weekend now, looking ahead to the playoffs and thinking about maybe some fun that you have planned this weekend as well. But Brian, my big brother, thanks for joining us again here on uh, Fridays with Brian. Well, thank you very much for having me, and thank you for letting me out of the air vent after yesterday's uh sound issues that were a little distracting i know i hope it's better today i think we've got this figured out 
Yeah, absolutely. Just a, a small technical glitch. And, and if you're a longtime listener to the Locked on Pistons podcast, you know that sometimes there are some small technical glitches in terms of audio and we bust through it and we appreciate you guys sticking with us. But Brian, we've got we've got the the audio situation figured out a little bit here. But hey, we're, we're coming off a little bit of a high right now. We're, we're, cl- we're taping close to midnight on Thursday night as of, uh, you know, 20 minutes ago or so. Karis Levert with the long two going up to uh, possibly win the game and end the season for the Portland Trailblazers and Dame Lillard. Of course, it rims out. The Trailblazers win 134 to 113 over the Brooklyn Nets, 42 points for Dame Lillard, and that team moves on to the 8-9 play-in game in the Western Conference. Brian, I've been telling you in our conversations and also talking about it on the podcast these last couple weeks, Dame Lillard is my guy. He's my favorite player in the NBA. Even before anything happened in these this past few weeks, the, the Portland Trailblazers are my adopted team over the playoff stretch. They've always been my Western Conference team. I think there's kind of a, a little bit of a brethren between the Pistons and the, the Trailblazers and that it's been you know a couple of similar type of cities kind of under the radar cool type of cities. I know the Portland's kind of become mainstream cool now at this point. Maybe Detroit's a little bit still under the radar. But what do you think about my guy, Dame? I mean, 154 points in the last three games and pulling up from Jerry West logo early in the fourth quarter and knocking it down confidently with like 20 seconds left in the shot clock. What do you think about Dame these last couple weeks? Dame period is period a period problem period. Uh, We're going to get a little bit into um, which first round matchup first round matchups intrigue us the most here a little later. And uh, I may mention his name in that segment, Mm -hmm. Um, but he is taking that next step. I think, Um, I think what these eight games have showed us in a couple of instances is we're watching guys learning to win in high leverage situations. And I think uh, Dame is at the top of that list. He's going to be a problem for LeBron here next week. If, you know, we still have, they still have another game that they have to get down to get to that point. But Dame Lillard is quickly becoming a superstar in this league. And like you said and have said, if he's not in your top, I think you said three or top five mm-hmm. players in this league, you and I are watching different basketball games. Um, he's playing like a man possessed these last couple games, just looking at the points totals. you The points just jump off at you these last three games. It's a, a streak that you know rivals probably any three-game stretch. And certainly the fact that these games have – each and every single game has meant so much for the Portland Trailblazers this last week, and he's answered the bell every time. I know he's got a problem with, uh, you know, a reporter uh, on another network brewing that that mm-hmm. reporter's taking credit for lighting the fire under Dame, but that fire was there. I think we saw in the the Jordan documentary a couple weeks ago that maybe sometimes you need some some players need that outside influence to light that fire. Uh, and maybe that's the case with Dame, but whatever it is, uh, he's he's ever he's he's worth the price of admission. That's for sure. Yeah, Damian Lillard uh, supplanting himself as kind of the primetime performer come NBA season. We've seen it. The, we've seen it before. You know, he, he took this took this team to the Western Conference Finals last year. This is without Nurkic. He was injured and missed the entire postseason. This is without 
Gary Trent Jr. being the type of player that he is right now with this team as a, as a solid player on the wing. This is with Evan Turner instead of, um, you know, Gary Trent basically kind of stepping into that, that spot. Obviously, Carmelo Anthony is an addition to this team. But, man, he, he, took, he took a pretty kind of a, a very nondescript team to the Western Conference Finals last year and now kicking and screaming, taking this team to the play-in game. And as we talked about, the, the Memphis Grizzlies are kind of limping into this one right now. These teams, Portland and Memphis, are going to play on Saturday night. And then uh, in the 8-9 matchup, this is the new play-in game that we've heard about. And uh, Portland being the eighth seed, all they got to do is win one of these games win either Saturday night or Sunday afternoon, and they are the eight seed to go play the L.A. Lakers in the first round. Memphis has to win Saturday and Sunday to go ahead and advance to that uh, 1-8 matchup against the L.A. Lakers, and we'll talk about that in a little bit here. But the, uh, you know, the gone fishing teams, famously and inside the NBA that Barkley and Kenny Smith and those guys talk about, um, man, it, it, what what is up with in, in uh, I think this is kind of a little bit of a bad look. I'm not trying to rip on the NBA here and the bubble situation because we've all enjoyed it. It's all been obviously a lot more good than bad. But the fact that the Phoenix Suns got themselves into the bubble, right? So they qualified, and then all they did was go to Orlando and win all eight games, and yet they're still eliminated. So what was the point? Why why did the Phoenix Suns even come to Florida? Well, I think at the end of the day, this is going to be invaluable for the Phoenix Suns. You know, mm-hmm. When we were talking earlier about some points we wanted to talk about, you used the word momentum as if they were able to you know, use this momentum into next season. And the short answer to that is yes. The longer, the, the longer answer is I think momentum might be the wrong word. I think that to a lesser degree, because Dame's been there, like you said, the Western Conference Finals, I think Devin Booker is – finally learning that you know that last skill and that's winning high leverage basketball games i mean for for all intents and purposes these eight games were playoff games for the suns and even though they won all eight of them they're still going home but devin booker i think is another player who is learning to win basketball games. And I think that's great news for Phoenix. So I think that these eight games, and I know there's a sour taste in their mouth right now because they didn't get in and they did everything possible that they possible that they could be asked to do. But Devin Booker learned how to win. And more importantly, this, this unit learned how to win. And I, you know, looking at their roster, it's actually a pretty deep team. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I don't know the contract situations for the Phoenix Suns, unfortunately right now, but if they're able to bring a lot of those guys back uh, with Devin Booker, having gone through this, I think that they're going to be stronger for it and learning the ability to win in playoff type atmospheres takes time. And I think that we forget that as fans. We, we've seen, you know, recently, I would say recently, but in our lifetimes, guys like LeBron James and Kevin Durant jump into the league and hit, you know, superstardom so quickly. But their teams took a couple years to learn how to win. And, I mean, in our backyard with the Pistons, both championship eras of those teams, they took steps to get to those championships. You know, first getting to the playoffs, then winning a round or two, and then into the finals. I think the Phoenix Suns took maybe one of those first steps as to learn how to become a winning basketball team in the NBA. 
Yeah, I agree. I think that uh, I think that the ending a season strong and taking that momentum and carrying it over into next year is really not really in a normal situation a thing in the NBA, especially at the end of a, a typical NBA basketball season, winning eight straight games and just missing the playoffs isn't really that big of a deal in a macro sense when thinking about an organization. But like you said, this obviously is a very unique situation to go down to Orlando to be playing in playoff-type atmospheres, do-or-die games eight times in a row, and to handle business like that, that shows a lot to me about the Phoenix Suns. And again, uh, you feel bad for Phoenix Suns fans. You feel bad for Devin Booker and Monty Williams and that group of guys that are down there. But, and as Pistons fans, again, and I'll tie it back to the future as opposed to the past that you just talked about, you know, the Pistons are just had the first really painful year. And Pistons fans just had the first really like, this is a crap team that we're watching night in and night out. Obviously, injuries had a lot to do with that. But there's an abyss sometimes when looking at the the rebuilding process. And the Phoenix Suns, until these past couple weeks, have been like a prime example of why you don't want to go in the toilet, why you don't want to tank, because it's hard to get out of the toilet. It's hard to stop tanking, even if you have very talented players like Devin Booker and Josh Jackson, who, of course, flames out there. And then you have DeAndre Ayton, who, you know, he's having a good start to his career, but everything you hear about, rightfully so, is about Luka Doncic and Trey Young from that draft. And uh, Mikhail Bridges, the list goes on and on of pretty good young players. But, man, how do you take that young, pretty good roster and turn yourselves back into a winner? Well, the Phoenix Suns kind of showed a blueprint that it is possible. It is to go. It, it is possible to go from you're one of the worst teams in the league to now you're a playoff contender type of team. Now you're a team that can be relevant again. So I think it's uh, kind of, you know, you look at the Chicago Bulls, for instance. This is a team for four or five years that, they're, yeah, they keep adding pretty quality draft picks in the lottery every year, but where are they really going? I think that's what the Phoenix Suns have been for the past five, six years. Of course, missing out on Marquise Chris in the draft and, and drafting Dragon Bender have a lot to do with, with the failures that they've had in his organization. Of course, the ownership situation there is one of the worst in the NBA as well. So, you know, the list goes on and on for reasons why it hasn't worked out, but a glimmer of hope for Devin Booker and Monty Williams and DeAndre Ayton and all those guys. So uh, good to see for them. And uh, I do think that, that this can kind of carry over, which is a little bit um, counterintuitive for how we think about how regular seasons in professional sports typically end and a long offseason uh, comes after that. And then you're thinking about next year and going ahead. But, hey, we, we got a little bit of a Detroit note in here with the the fourth team I want to talk about before we move on. And that's the San Antonio Spurs. They knew at tip-off pretty much that two teams had won earlier in the day with Phoenix and Memphis. So they were basically eliminated, I think, before their game even started. And certainly early on in their game, they probably had heard that their season was already over there. But uh, their playoff streak ends at 22 straight years, three years shy of the Detroit Red Wings, who actually got to 25 for their playoff streak. So the Red Wings, if they were an NBA team, which they are not, they would have the longest streak of NBA playoff uh, appearances in a row. The Boston Bruins actually have the longest professional sports playoff streak at 29, which was from the 60s to, I believe, the early 90s. So uh, the Bruins win that. But, hey, good to have the Detroit team in the news for a good reason here on a Thursday night. You talked about yesterday, this will be the fourth time that they are ever in the NBA draft lottery, and this will be the 36th year 
of the draft lottery. You'll take those odds all day long. And then two of those three, two of those previous three times, they got the number one pick in the draft and David Robinson and Tim Duncan. And like you mentioned yesterday, they moved up the other time, right? And got Sean Elliott too. To number three, yes. Yeah, so absolutely. So, you know, sometimes karma shines on the organizations that are trying and are trying to go out there and win basketball games. My tweet of the night goes to John Hollinger, our colleague on the Lockdown Podcast Network. He says, and this is great, he says the last time the Spurs missed the playoffs, they signed Jaron Jackson Jr.'s dad in free agency, Jaron Jackson Sr. So that's a good one. I like that tweet, and uh, kudos to John Hollinger for reaching back into the archives for that one. But up next, we're going to get into the first round of the NBA playoffs, the play-in weekend coming up ahead. That's coming up next here on the Locked on Pistons podcast. But hey, say it with me now. Sports are back. I've been waiting for these kind of days since March, and now it's here. I've only got one thing on my mind, my bookie. My bookie is a home run, slam dunk, triple overtime, game-winning shot, all wrapped up into one. I love it. You love it. And that's all you need to hear in order to start betting today. My bookie has up to the minute odds on all your favorite teams. And with the start of Major League Baseball here in our lives, there's never been a better time to start playing with my bookie. It's easy. You bet, you win, they pay. Feeling good about your team's chances this year? Be sure to check out my bookie's World Series future bets. Nothing shows you believe in your squad like betting on them before the season really gets going. But why stop with MLB? Smart betters are always looking towards the future. In that case, that means basketball, hockey, and football. If you believe in like Dame, like I do, maybe you want to put some coin on them making a run, maybe a deep, maybe a championship run in the NBA. They're already accepting bets on your favorite NBA, NHL, and NFL games. There's never been a better time to start exploring the world of online sports betting. Join today, and my bookie will match your deposit 100%. Plus, they'll toss you a free $10 MLB futures wager. All you got to do is enter promo code locked on NBA when signing up. Again, that's locked on NBA when signing up at MyBookie. Remember, at MyBookie, the terms are simple. You bet, you win, they pay. Yes, sir! We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. All right, Brian, let's chop it up here. The NBA playoffs are basically here. It's, it's funny because we have a, a couple of games coming up on, on Friday night tonight, which have no consequences. So everyone's going to be sitting out. It's going to be the silliest night of, of meaningless NBA basketball that we've had in a long time. The NBA playoffs are set. We've got Saturday, the uh, Portland Trailblazers against Memphis Grizzlies coming up uh, at a nighttime game. And then Sunday afternoon, if necessary, these teams are going to play. My first, Before we get into it here, a little bit of a gripe. I mean, I know that I hate to be negative guy all the time, but uh, Adam Silver, they were very, very careful to set it up so that every NBA team was playing pretty much every other day, a couple of back-to-backs up in there. And I know that there was a couple of times that some teams had two days in between games, but now that the playoffs are starting, we've got a Saturday in mid-August with nothing else going on. I mean, there's another couple of things going on in the sports calendar, but pretty much a, a little bit of a, um, a monopoly on the sports calendar TV-wise. You got one game on a Saturday and one game possibly on a Sunday 
before the playoffs start on a Monday. Am I wrong for saying that this is not the greatest planning? And I know that you want to start the playoffs on the same day for everyone, and the play-in tournament kind of throws that off in some ways. So there is some logic in starting everything on Monday. But are, are they missing out on some TV ratings? Am I, am I crazy for thinking that this wasn't really set up the most correct way, especially when thinking about the first five days of the NBA playoffs featuring games starting at 1.30 in the afternoon on the East, the East Coast? Well, it's been an experiment so far that, let's be honest, it, it hasn't worked in terms of viewership. I think the quality of play is, is as good as it has been. The intensity in these games has been. But you're right. The viewership hasn't been there. I think a couple days ago, the president of the United States went on uh, Clay Travis's Outkick the Coverage show and it kind of mentioned and, and uh, i don't know why the president hasn't showed up on lockdown pistons yet but uh, we'll, we'll keep <laughs> we'll keep making the calls and see if he see if he comes on right and obviously he attributed it to people being upset at the social justice message that has been you know pretty front and center in all these games but you know there are a lot of factors and i think weekday games and in the afternoon plays into it. A lot of inconsequential games mixed into Mm -hmm. uh, the games that uh, have been going on. Those excuses are out the window at this point. So the rubber's about to meet the road next week. And I think you're right to be a little skeptical that maybe the planning wasn't as good, but maybe that's uh, a testament to the NBA that, you know, the, the TV ratings weren't the top priority as a, you know as opposed to making sure that the teams are able to get you know enough rest between games here in the playoffs that they're able to show as many games as possible but i mean we'll find out next week how the ratings are going to shake out as they've been you know very strong at the beginning as they came back but over the last you know week or two they've you know probably been a little disappointing i think i saw uh, the Wednesday night games both roughly averaged the national games about 900,000 viewers uh, as opposed to slightly over a million that, that those games generally garner in viewership in past years. But we've gotten here. I think that's the most important point is that we've gotten here. We haven't had any issues with COVID. We've only had issues with chicken wings and deliveries uh, as far as the ball goes. And that's goes. just you, right? That's, but that's just, just me. That's, yeah, that's, yeah, that's I, you, I am right. – smashing some chicken wings right. these last couple right. months and but, it's been an issue and we, we've, we've talked about this personally but it's it's good to finally get it out in the open <laughs> right absolutely if you don't like fried chicken there's a problem with you mm-hmm. not me that's, that's a good uh, point <laughs> yes so um we'll see about how the planning goes uh again i think you're right in terms of viewership they probably missed the boat on a weekend uh that there isn't uh, PGA major, uh, the NHL is going right now and you've still got major league baseball games going on, but yeah, you're right. The, uh, it seems like pretty prime viewership time to have, uh, the kickoff of the NBA to be happening on a weekend and, uh, they're not this year. Yeah. And, uh, it's going to have a little bit of a March madness to it, feel to it, right. With big, important NBA playoff games happening at one in the afternoon, Starting on Monday, I know that NBA TV and not even some of these games haven't been carried nationally. But from here on out, don't fret if you're just uh, still got the cable or you're still uh, streaming games on national outlets. From here on out, it's going to be on ESPN or TNT. They're going to have coverage all throughout the day. Monday, uh, the playoffs will start in uh, if, if I don't know if you want to consider the play in this weekend playoffs or not. But Utah and Denver 
will get to work on 1.30 p.m. on ESPN. And then pretty much every day you got 1.30, 4 o'clock, 6.30, 9 o'clock. So there's not going to be two games going on at the same time. You're going to have pretty much every other uh, day for all these teams. So it's going to get uh, pretty monotonous in a, in a good way. I mean, because you're going to have NBA playoff basketball four times a day every day. So a lot to look forward to for fans. And again, I, I give Adam Silver a little bit of trouble only because I feel like he's not getting a lot of blowback and the league's not getting a, a, a lot of blowback at all. And again, they, as Brian said, they, they deserve the kudos, the, the no positive test for coronavirus. I think that in some ways bringing in the guests for the playoffs that, that was talked about this week is, uh, is spiking the football a little bit, I think. And, and, and I don't have a problem with it because it's uh, it's good to have players, to have their families, and, and maybe whoever else <laughs> might come into the bubble. But uh, it, it's also like, man, it, it's a little cocky on the NBA's part to just like, yeah, let's uh, let's expand the bubble a little bit here. Well, I, I I wonder where the pressure to do that came from. I don't think there's a big public outcry to include people into the bubble, so I think it's probably um, something to you know a, a concession they've made to the players, who I'm sure are, are are strongly asking for that privilege. And because they've, and I don't want to act like it's a, a parent or a teacher type relationship that they're getting rewarded for good behavior, but ultimately these guys have you know, not griped outside of the first few days with, you know, the situations in the bubble. And there haven't been any instances uh, outside of the, what we discussed earlier here with the bubble. So I think it's kind of a good, you know, carrot and stick situation with the players and, and saying, you know, you're able to get these, uh, we're saying family members, right? Yes, yes, come in to visit. Yeah, okay, yeah. absolutely. The family members to uh-huh. come in and, and visit. I'm not sure the family members are exactly the ones <laughs> putting pressure on the league. Is go? Can I please be locked up in Orlando, Florida, for a couple of weeks? Mm. Uh, so I'm sure it's coming from the players, and because this has been executed from a logistic standpoint with everything uh, with the uh, COVID situation, that it, you know is probably a, a, a concession the NBA made. Uh, because the players have handled it as well as they could have probably uh, expected. Now, I've never been married, but I'm picturing the locker room where every team gets together and talks to their player rep and talks about what the issues that they want to bring up with Adam Silver and the NBA League office are. But I'm also kind of picturing the one or two or maybe seven guys in each locker room that are like, you know what? I think maybe we're good without bringing in the family. I don't know. Every gun's got probably different situations that they're dealing with. But it must be kind of nice for some of these guys to be outside of certain kind of situations. But I can imagine that there's a lot of uh, probably the majority of guys who want to bring some kind of other familiar situations back to their lives. You're speaking like you've been married before. <laughs> <laughs> yes, in the Eastern Conference, you got the Milwaukee Bucks taking on the Orlando Magic. You got the Toronto Raptors and the Brooklyn Nets. You have, and, and really Brooklyn coming in with some momentum, even though they come in off a loss on Thursday night. Karis LeVert showing that he's kind of the real deal right now. The Boston Celtics and the Philadelphia 76ers that everyone on the East Coast is going to go crazy about. And then Miami and Indiana in the East. Out west, you got the Lakers waiting for the play-in situation between the Portland and Memphis to resolve itself. The Clippers and the Dallas Mavericks. The Denver Nuggets and the Utah Jazz in the Mountain Time Zone Bowl there. And Oklahoma City and Houston as well. Up next, Brian and I are going to talk about the games that we're excited about, the series that we're excited about, and also some X-Factors in the playoffs. That's coming up next here on the Locked on Pistons podcast, which is a proud member 
of the Lockdown Network, your team every day. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, I think on on Thursday night here as the Portland Trailblazers and Brooklyn Nets went down to the wire till 11.30 at night Eastern time that we kind of got our first look of playoff basketball and it's it's basically my favorite time of the sporting calendar every year. And and first off, apologies to the, to my employer because I'm kind of going to be a little bit slacking on these next couple of weeks as these mm-hmm. games start at one thirty in the afternoon. So I might not be the most efficient employee day in and day out. But uh, Brian, uh, we're talking about this and and what we're excited about for the NBA playoffs. What we're excited about for this first round which really gets going in earnest this weekend. We talked about Portland and Memphis a little bit. Certainly, I think we both expect Portland to figure out a way to win one of those games on Saturday and Sunday. Certainly, Memphis has a chance, but without Jaron Jackson Jr., and certainly Dame is probably going to go off, at least for one of these games. Uh, so what are what are the things that jump off the page to you when looking at the schedule and the matchups here in the first round? Well, I'm looking at the right or the Eastern Conference side of the bracket. Uh, there's some good stories there. Uh, but I don't think they're going to be very consequential in determining the champion from the East. I think uh, getting Giannis back off of suspension uh, and being able to go through the East, I think the only roadblock I possibly see is the defending champions, Toronto and Siakam, mm-hmm. uh, matching up with uh, Giannis as potentially the only team that might get some trouble. I look at that Miami-Indiana series. Obviously, Butler Warren have had some histories, so that'll be interesting to watch that unfold. Boston Philly seem to play in the playoffs every year somehow, mm-hmm. and that's always entertaining. But with Simmons hurt and Embiid banged up, uh, I don't think either of those teams, maybe Boston, will have something to say about who comes out of the East. But I, I kind of look at um, Milwaukee just, you know, walking through, you know, getting through the East pretty easily this year. Uh, hopefully I'm wrong. I'd like to see some competition out there. Uh, Dame Lillard, again, is a problem. The Lakers have been shaky at best so far since the restart. Uh, congratulations, LeBron James, for winning the assist title for the first time in his 17th year. Yeah, That's he, needed, probably... he needed to prove that. He needed to prove <laughs> once for all that he's uh, a complete basketball player. <laughs> right, absolutely. But he got it done. Uh, 10.3 is pretty low for the assist champion of the year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, Isaiah Thomas is sneezing at that for sure. Yeah, right, he had some 12, some 12 assist seasons, I believe. But I'm looking at the bottom of that Western Conference bracket as two series and four teams that could all have something to say as to how the Western Conference unfolds. I've been a big Denver guy and uh, Nikola Jokic uh, and half of whatever Nikola Jokic is left of him Mm -hmm. uh, has been a fun player to watch for me. And that team seems to just get better and better. Him and Jamal Murray uh, are great. But that Clippers-Dallas series, I think, is the one that I'm going to circle to make sure that I'm watching all of those games. Uh, I expect the Clippers to probably come out on top of that Luka doncic Christoph Porzingis combination is, I think, the most unique, uh, as big as those guys are, as young as Luka is, and his meteoric development in the league uh, coming over from Europe. 
So that's the series that jumps out at me right now uh, as to one that not only will be competitive, but could also have ramifications later in the playoffs. Yeah, like you mentioned about the East, I agree that uh, we might be going on to like a second round crash course of Toronto and Boston and or, you know, Philly, if they can somehow get it together without Ben Simmons. But yeah, I kind of believe that Toronto, Boston in the second round will be like the most interesting first series of the Eastern Conference. Not that there can be some upsets being pulled at some point. Um, Yeah, Portland, and and you know how I feel about Portland. I'm a big Portland guy, and certainly Dame Lillard is going to present mismatches for the Los Angeles Lakers, but man, who's going to stop Anthony Davis? Who's going to stop LeBron James? I think that, you know, everyone's really excited about Dame Lillard. He's, he's catching fire on Twitter right now. Everyone's excited about him, but as, and you know how much of a big Portland guy I am. I don't see this game, this series even going seven. Like I think that the Lakers handle business probably in five, maybe six. And uh, I just don't see that that is going to be, the series and again dame could go crazy and who knows what could happen but yeah i I agree with you and when we were texting about during the game i said you can't say oklahoma city houston because everyone is excited about oklahoma city houston not me i'm like the only person who's not excited about it because i don't really like watching russell westbrook either have success or lose again in the playoffs so (laughs) to me it's like i'm just i'm just not really into it i don't like watching james harden play basketball really to begin with at all um, so yeah, and, and it's interesting because like you said, um, Luka Doncic and, and Christoph Sporzing is a big and a little, and then you got a couple of wings, but Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, two guys with the Clippers that are, are wings that are tough to, to stop. So it's like, you have a really good point guard and a really good center against two wings. So it's like, who stops who? And that's going to be an interesting matchup in that regard. So a lot of, a lot of factors out there that are going to influence what's happening. And another thing I wanted to throw out to you, Brian was, and maybe you have some more reaction too, but the uh, the X factors. Is there some more unheralded uh, individuals out there that could sway these playoffs either way? Well, I think right now the X factor that I'm looking at as far as the impact are some injuries. Obviously, we talk about Simmons, but is Embiid even you know able to carry the weight for for uh, Philly as he's banged up? A name we've talked about Portland a lot this episode. Uh, but a name that has just fallen through the cracks and everything is C.J. McCollum. And mm-hmm. obviously he's not right. He's banged up right mm-hmm. now. Um, and, but having Nurkic back is going to help them over last year. Uh, so how much can C.J. McCollum give them to help them compete with the Lakers? And then again, going back to that Houston OKC series and talking about Russ Westbrook, there's some things that say he you know, he may not be available till later in that series. So yeah, the quad injury. Yeah, so that's a tough one to get back, especially if somebody with somebody who's explosive or, or relies mm-hmm. on his athleticism, his explosiveness, as, as Russ does. Uh, that may play a big factor in that series. So I think one of those things is how some of those injuries are going to uh, play out. And as far as a, a player that I'll be looking at is somebody that I've kind of circled uh, this whole restart time because of some success he's had was TJ Warren uh, mm-hmm. and that whole situation and the whole history he's had with Jimmy Butler uh, since I believe it was January when they had the little run in with each other. Right. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting to see how that goes for a best of seven and, you know, how at each other, those two guys will go. But Ultimately, I don't think it's going to have much to do with uh, later in the playoffs in the East, but it'll be a fun 
first thing, uh, first round battle to watch. And then again, back out Nikola Jokic, I think actually could have something to say about what happens in the Western Conference this year. Yeah, Jimmy Butler uh, pretending that he doesn't know who TJ Warren is, but TJ Warren certainly getting onto everyone's radar this year. I agree. I mean, I think it's like for the 25th straight year, the, the, the early round intrigue is all in the Western Conference where it's mm-hmm. teams that you could legitimately see as championship teams that might get eliminated in the first round. So that's like something you don't really see in the Eastern Conference because the teams that are contenders, they're going to obviously get to at least the second round before they have any kind of trouble. And we'll see if Philly or Boston are types of teams. I got a couple of leftover thoughts here before we uh, close the show for the week. Gary Trent Jr., of course, he's been one of the revelations of the bubble. Brian, I'm going to put you on the spot right now. And uh, what's not talked about that much about Gary Trent Jr. is who Gary Trent Sr. is. Do you know who Gary Trent Sr. is? Now, I remember this name. Gary Trent played basketball and was a very good college basketball player for – it was a green and white college team. It wasn't That's Michigan right. State, was You're it? so close. It's Ohio I know, I, University. Ohio University. Jack okay. of the Mac. <laughs> yeah. Shaq okay, the that's Mac. right. Gary Trent Jr. back in the nine, early 90s when the, when the Mac was really kind of the, the peak of its – and I just with all the talk about Gary Trent Jr. lately, there hasn't been enough Shaq of the Mac talk. So I don't know if Gary Trent Sr. is going to find the way in, his way into the bubble. I'm not uh, as uh, abreast on the Trent family situation as I should be. But anyway, um, it, it, we, we should be talking more about the Shaq of the Mac here in the playoffs. But uh, And all the other thing is, and uh, caught some bench – shots of the Portland Trailblazers today. Anthony Simons is an interesting one because it's a name we've talked about here on this podcast quite a bit over these past couple of years. Uh, a young player on the uh, on the Portland Trailblazers who's like getting two minutes a game of run these past couple of years. And what's interesting about him is going into last season, I thought that there was a trade to be made between the Pistons and the Trailblazers and that the, the Trailblazers need like another impact player, right? So Blake Griffin going to the Trailblazers with Anthony Simons as like this young, complete prospect out there that could be something that, you know, was a summer league darling for a couple of years, a really young guy. Um, and that, that was like a, a solid, even trade last year. And obviously you need some salary filler to, to make that work. And we'll take on Hassan Whiteside or some bad contracts that Portland has to, to make that happen. But in this past year, uh, Simons goes on and has like a great start to the year off the bench for Portland to where it becomes there's no way that Portland would do a Simons for Blake Griffin deal. And then now I'm sitting here with Blake Griffin with all this great publicity that he's getting. He's healthy. He's back in Detroit this week. He's doing media interviews. Everyone's all excited about Blake Griffin again. And now it's to the point where like the Pistons, there's no way they would do a deal for a guy who's sitting at the end of the bench for the Portland Trailblazers. I don't know if you have any reaction to that, Brian, but it's just kind of funny in my mind how the Anthony Simons, Blake Griffin, what I think is like a perfect marriage between two franchises that would benefit from this type of deal. Uh, it's, it's like swung wildly in both directions here in these past few months. From the Pistons' perspective, Blake is the asset that sells tickets. Mm-hmm. And I don't think Anthony Simons is – you know, going to have that sort of weight to be no, able to push not. around. So I think from the business standpoint of the Pistons, it doesn't make sense. But for the rebuild, it does. So we have a new regime in the front office now. 
Um, I know maybe this trade doesn't happen specifically this way, but there may be some new avenues of discussion opened up with some new blood in the front office uh, that may be able to get something worked out. But we have to remember, this is a business, and Blake Griffin moves tickets. Mm -hmm. uh, and there aren't that many people, there aren't that many uh, players in the league that probably have the cachet that Blake has. So for the rebuild, I understand it, but I also... If I'm the owner of the Pistons, I may balk at the uh, return uh, and star power that I'd be getting back from Blake Griffin. Yeah, yeah. No, I completely get it, and I understand it. And, of course, there's a business side of things that the Pistons need to consider going forward as well. Uh, but, yeah, I think it's just something to keep in the back of Pistons fans' minds as you're trying to think of what can happen this playoff season for the Pistons to possibly benefit from it and i think the portland trailblazers possibly just getting drilled by the los angeles lakers and maybe uh you know a shakeup. you know you just watch cj mccollum and dame lillard play and you're right and that cj mccollum had like a quiet 25 tonight and was a key part and made a big pull-up jumper late in the game to get that victory but it's like two kind of poor defensive players that both kind of need the ball in their hands. Is that a great fit ultimately, especially when you can put Gary Trent alongside Dame Lillard going forward? Maybe there's like a C.J. McCollum, Anthony Simons type of uh, package that could be put together, maybe Blake Griffin. I don't know, just something to think about for Pistons fans. And I know I said the same thing during last uh, last playoffs, and it didn't come to fruition because, of course, Portland makes the Western Conference Finals. Why would they want to make a big shakeup? But maybe that could be something that Pistons fans could benefit with going forward but thanks again to brother brian for coming and joining us here on fridays with brian i really appreciate his work over these last few weeks to uh get us through i and i know i've kind of men mentioned it a couple of times here on the podcast in passing but my health is doing a lot better and uh, i want to thank brian again for for coming through and making sure this podcast has been getting done over these last three weeks and uh i'm in a much better mood and i'm excited for nba basketball like i hope that you guys are too. But that wraps up this edition of Locked on Pistons Now. Tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Locked on Fantasy Basketball. Have a great weekend, and we'll talk to you guys on Monday. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked on Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 